three. You're listening to Sports Talk Chicago with your host, John Zaglul. John, I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. You got an awesome voice, man, and that was a terrific <laughs> intro. You're like a pro's pro. You know, that was the first time somebody ever said that, John. No, you're the first person to ever say anything like that. That's, that's very interesting. You got it, John. Anything for a fellow Chicago guy? <laughs> well, what a great question. That's a great question. Nobody's actually asked me that. <laughs> I like it. What a great question. I never heard that before. Chase, wait, wait, Chase Sully is what? You're saying he's not a Hall of Fame candidate? You know, it's it's funny. I, I, You may be the only person that I've heard make that connection. Thank you, John, for having me. I'm doing great. By the way, you have an outstanding voice. I'm not sure about your face because I haven't met you, but your voice is great. You're doing a much better job than I ever did. You've had some heavy hitters uh, guests on too, man, so keep up the good work, but it's good to be with you, and I'm ready to talk sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports on Chicago. My name's John Zaglul. Great to have you here. Today's edition of the program, it's happened. It's finally happened. Ryan Payne, Matt Nagy are gone. We'll talk about it in just a second. Plus, a brand new interview today with Mike Harmon, the host on Fox Sports Radio and the host of the I Watch Your Flex podcast. We further react with him about what's happened to the Bears and what to expect for their future. It's a great interview. Comes your way near the midway point of this show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Z Gluel. If you want to watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, SportsTalkChicago.com. Not a big champagne guy. Not really into that stuff, but if you are, I suggest you crack open a bottle. I suggest you celebrate. And I really can't believe I'm making this video. I can't believe it. Woke up this morning to a flurry of text messages. Hey, did you see? Did you see? Did you see what happened? No, I didn't. I woke up. Went on Twitter, started scrolling, and my frown in the morning went upside down. I was so happy to finally see this come to fruition. For those of you who watched me for so long on this channel, you've seen me, and you've seen my pain and my agony. We went through it together, all of us. It's been years of this same crap, same stuff, years. Finally today, we see a conclusion. Some talk about why in a second. I'm about 90% happy. There's 10% of me that's still a bit worried. And again, we'll talk about why. But 90% of me is rejoicing. Look, I get it. These people are human beings. They're losing jobs. Not funny in that respect. But what did we talk about last week when we evaluated both guys? If you're mediocre, you get fired. That's just how it works. Not going to keep somebody around who's a horrible worker. Not going to happen. Bears had horrible workers. And coach, GM, had to go. That's why I was so appalled when I found out last week, oh, Pace is likely to stay. For what? For what reason? Why would Brian Pace stay? Oh, that's right, his 48-65 record. His two playoff appearances? resulting in losses for two quarterbacks, two head coaches. Kevin White! <laughs> there was no reason for Brian Pace to stay. He got the axe, too. Todd Nagy, we all knew. I talked about it last week. I'll say it again. This man purposefully sabotaged Mitch Krabinski and Justin Fields. I get it. There's no reporting. It's not official. That's my observation. Saw a tweet today saying, hey, where's the apology to Mitch Trubinsky? You'll remember last year, you know, the Bears didn't even give him a thank you, a send-off. They wrote thank you notes to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Why not Mitch? Why not? Was he that bad to the point where you can't even say a thank you to him? Oh, by the way, Mitch is going to make money this year. He's going to be a starting quarterback next year for some team. Matt Nagy, he'll be lucky if he has a job. Same with Brian Pace, for all we know. 
There were a lot of people, believe me, I dealt with it, who loved Matt Nagy, loved Ryan Pace. Some still exist today. Not many Matt Nagy supporters, but a lot of Ryan Pace supporters still. All I have to ask you is this. Why are you settling for mediocrity? Why do you support somebody who just can't win? I'm talking heart-to-heart here. I'm not even going to be here to criticize. I'm talking heart-to-heart. Why are you settling? Why? He deserved to go. For those of you who stuck up for him, even last week when I made my video, hey, maybe you should keep pace. Why? For what reason? I don't believe in failing upward. To me, that doesn't fly. And to the majority of Bears fans, this country in general, that does not apply. That's a societal thing. Failing upward is not an option. That's not even a real teaching. That's nothing. Makes no sense. Ryan Pace deserves no paycheck for what he's done to this team. Really, think about it. <laughs> drafted Mitch Trubisky, drafted Justin Field, hired John Fox, hired Matt Nagy. Paid money to Mike Clinton, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton. That right there is enough. We're not even talking about other positions and other whips. Oh, but he did some good. Okay, really? What did he do? What? Draft David Montgomery? Congratulations. I love David Montgomery. Not going to make up for screwing up the quarterback position, screwing up head coach, and other spots on this team. Not going to make up for it. Goodbye. And he's gone. He's gone. I can't believe I'm making this video. I can't believe I'm talking about this. It's amazing. It's amazing what's happened. I'm going to give you credit. All of you watching, listening, who've been with me, all of you who've commented on my YouTube videos, you know, partially because of you, this is happening. It is. You. You demanded change, and you took action. A lot of you did. I look at the comments all the time on these videos, on Twitter, when people watch my videos. I see it. So many people. I'm not buying merchandise. I'm done supporting this joke of a franchise. Robert Preston. I'll call him out specifically. He's been adamant since day one. Adamant. I see his comments all the time on these videos. Adamant. That's the attitude that a lot of Bears fans have now. They demanded change, and for the first time in a long time, they might have gotten it. Might have. Keyword. George McCaskey in his press conference today said that Ted Phillips will be sticking around. He said, quote, I trust Ted. That was the actual quote. I trust Ted. Apparently, Bill Polian's going to be involved in this head coaching search, this GM search. Fine, whatever. That's not really the concern. Here's my question. Why is Ted Phillips still with this team? Ted Phillips has been here since the early 2000s. He's lasted, despite the Bears' carousel, a quarterback and head coach and GM and executive. Why does Ted Phillips don't get to keep his job? Somebody texted me, not really a Bears fan, they're a Steelers fan. They go, who's Ted Phillips? <laughs> I'm like, oh, how long you got? Can I give you a call? That's the problem here. Ted Phillips hides behind everybody. His name is not mentioned as much compared to Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky, Justin Fields. Ted Phillips, who, who's Ted Phillips? That's the reaction you get when you hear that name. Ted Phillips is actually just as much, if not more, responsible for what's been happening. Ted Phillips hired Matt Nagy and Brian Pace. And George McCaskey. They hired Phil Emery. Mark Tressman. Jerry Angelo. Bobby Smith. Dick Gerard. Yes, That's Ed Phillips. That's how long he's been around. Why in the hell does he get to keep his job? I don't get it. That's the one thing I still don't understand. 
And the problem is, he's staying. He is 100% staying. George McCaskey said it himself at the press conference. Had George and Bill Polian going to be making decisions on who gets hired for GM and head coach? That scares me. And it should scare a lot of Bears fans here. We can all rejoice and be so happy about Nagy and things going, but doesn't this remind you of something? Bill Embry, Mark Trespin, are you not seeing the parallel here? Everybody was so happy at that time. I remember. I was 14. I still remember. So happy. What came of it, though? What happened? Look where the Bears are now. We're sitting here again, six, seven, eight years later, happy, quote-unquote, about a firing of a GM and a head coach. Who's the constant? Who are the constants? George McCaskey, Ted Phillips. Not a coincidence. No such thing as a coincidence. They're still here. They're still going to be hiring. They make the decisions. We have to speak continue to speak up. It's because of you. Again, it's because of you that changes are happening. Heard about a report from last week from DeBear's blog. And he said the McCaskies are not going to be able to handle media attention and the fan onslaught about keeping fine pace. They got rid of him. They know your boys. They know you exist. They look at Twitter, they look at videos. They want to see public opinion. They want to know what's going on. Keep speaking. Keep talking. No, I will. You need to, too. Comment on videos. Comment on Twitter. Make your voices heard. Just talk with Mike Harmon. It'll come up in the next half of the podcast for the YouTube audience. It drops on Tuesday. Great conversation. He said the same thing. Fans were dwindling the past couple of weeks at Soldier Field. Nobody even showed up. They were losing money the last couple of weeks of the season. What's the old saying? People bone with their pocketbooks. True. Follow the money. If you're not going to pay money to go watch the Bears, ownership will notice. Ted Phillips will know. Mr. Accountant, he'll know when there's no more money coming in. And there's less revenue. Not because of the coronavirus, because people choose not to show up. Because the team sucks. I mean, who would actually show up to that Giants-Bears game? I couldn't believe there was one person in the stands. Why? Hey, I've been offered a couple of free tickets to Bears games this year. A couple of them. Multiple times. I've said no. What's the point? Appreciated the gesture, but what's the point? What am I going to go see? to see mediocrity. I'd rather watch that on TV than at Soldier Field. In the comfort of my own home with heating, good food, and a big screen. That's me. And at the same time, I don't really patronize the Bears. Give them my money. That's how we have to work. That's how we all have to band together and work. It's your voice that matters. You did this. Everybody was so happy, or at least even content, that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy would have stayed. That's why I really thought Ryan Pace would stay. Not only because of the rumors that were put out about him staying, but because everybody, for some reason, had a positive reaction to that report. A lot of people I knew had a positive reaction. I really thought he was staying. He left, gone, fired. And Matt Nagy, we all knew, was out the door. I agree. Where's the apology to Mitch Trubisky? Yes, where's the apology? Look, I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky is a top 10 quarterback. I never said that, but I will say this. He was sabotaged. He was run out of town. Now next year, he'll be a starter somewhere else. He'll make some money. Who's laughing now? I mean, who's going to be hired next year? Not Nagy made out of a job. Mitch could be a starter on another team. Where's the apology? None. Nothing. Nobody cares. It's over. And that poor kid... That mall of Bears fans and Bears media. Why do you think he left last year? Nobody blamed Matt Nagy. Everybody blamed Mitch and Chuck Pagano. They were fired. Now look. Now look who's getting fired. 
Vindication. Vindication. And I have no issue with that. Vindication. Now, Justin Fields, same thing. Justin Fields finished this year with seven touchdowns, 10 picks, 11 fumbles. Better improve next year. Better improve next year with a good coach. What I hated, really despised, about this whole coaching search, McCaskey said Justin Fields will have no say in who's hired. Stupid. Stupid move. Stupid. And here's why. And I heard this argument from other people. I want to get this out in the open. People have told me, why have Justin Fields make a decision? He sucked this year. He means nothing. Okay, fine. Fine. That's what you believe? Great. But then, don't come back at me and say, well, he's the franchise quarterback. No. If he's the franchise quarterback, he picks who coaches him. If he's the franchise quarterback, he picks. Here's a say. If you really want to be all in on Justin Fields, if you claim he's the savior, he's the future for the Bears, let him pick the head coach. It's that simple. Let him pick who's going to coach him. Let him pick somebody he knows and who he trusts. We saw the problem with Matt Nagy. I can Justin Fields a pocket passer, not a pocket passer. Do you want that to happen again? Justin Fields deserves a say. Or, if he doesn't, then you're telling me he's not a franchise quarterback. That's really it. It's either he is a franchise quarterback or he's not. I believe we need more time to determine that. But if you're going to act like he's the franchise quarterback, let him pick a head coach. Everybody else does it. Aaron Rodgers did it with Matt LaFleur. If you want to act like he's the franchise, let him be the franchise. Let him pick a coach. If the Bears want to proclaim like they have that he's a great quarterback, Matt Nagy said it yesterday, great quarterback after the game, the Bears' future is bright with Justin Fields, that's the case, if that's true, if the Bears and the organization believe that, let them be part of the organization. Pick a head coach. If you don't, it proves to me, it really does prove to me, you don't believe in Justin Fields yet. And that should shock a lot of people, a lot of people watching this. See, that's a between-the-lines thing. Nobody really talked about it, but it's true. If you're not letting your quarterback, who's supposedly the franchise guy, pick his head coach, something is wrong inside the building, some higher-ups must believe that Justin Fields may not be the real deal. That's just deduction. That's simple. It's obvious, too. It really is. You know what Mike Harmon told me? You know what he said? He wouldn't rule it out if Justin Fields was traded. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of gasps. Oh, my goodness, what are you talking about? Think about it. New head coach. New GM reassigning, supposedly, Ted Phillips, emphasis on winning, and unbelief or disbelief right now in Justin Fields. If there's a good veteran on the market, I could see it too. I mean, it makes sense. I doubt it's going to happen, but it makes sense. And I wouldn't rule it out either. If the Bears truly believed in Justin Fields, they'd let him pick a head coach. The fact that they're not is a huge sign for their future, for who's going to be hired, and for Justin Fields. This is massive, massive news. I know the headline is celebratory, as it should be. Oh, my goodness. Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, goodbye. This is amazing. But remember, remember, it's not over. We can't be silent. See what happens when you speak up? If you do see real change, the Bears fired Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace in one day within hours. I really can't believe it. Remember, Ted Phillips is still there. George McCaskey is still there. They're going to have a say in who gets hired. And Justin Fields has no say on who his head coach is going to be. Are you kidding me? That should still concern you. They hire another Matt Nagy look-alike, Matt Nagy clone, when it comes to offense. Well, do you really expect Justin Fields to work out? I'm asking. Matt Nagy was so stubborn this year. Didn't cater to Fields. Didn't do anything to really help him. Battle line. 
Look what happened. We can all say I see flashes, and everybody has shown flashes. Mitch Trubisky showed a ton of flashes. He did. But unless you find a head coach that's willing to work with him, it's not going to work. It won't. I'm not here to say Justin Fields is a bust. I'm not going to call him Bustin' Fields yet. No way. But there's a sign right there. And the Bears say Justin Fields has no say who the next head coach will be. That's a problem. That's scary. Why? Why? If he really was all that to the Bears, he'd have his pick. He'd have his say. But that's not the case, which means there are some concerns about Justin Fields. That's not me talking. That's just the fact of the matter. There probably are concerns internally. And the question is, can he recover? Can he get better? Is it a Matt Nagy issue? Is it a Justin Fields issue? Only time will tell. WDC, and he has no say. Problem to me. Big problem. George McCaskey and Ted Phillips still presiding over the hiring process. Big problem. How many people have they hired and it hasn't worked? I named you the list. Dick Geron, Bobby Smith, Mark Tressman, Don Fox, Pat Nagy, Ryan Pace, Phil Emery, Gary Angelo, and I'm sure I'm missing people too. What about all the quarterbacks they've drafted over the years? How many guys have started for the Bears in the past 20 years, 25 years at quarterback? Rex Grossman, Cade McNown, Brian Greasy, we could go on and on and on. What they're doing. That's Ed Phillips, George McCaskey. That's why I'm still scared. That's why I'm still skeptical. Happy for what happened today? Matt Nagy's a clown, he's a joke, not a good coach. Brian Payne's more the same. But the two guys who hired them, who enabled them, are still there to work as enablers for the next head coach and the next GM. So I'm not convinced full change is coming yet. And with Justin Fields not having a say, it makes things even worse. And it scares me. Every Bears fan should still be a bit scared as to what's going to happen. I will say this, though. Remember, it's a testament to you. It is. Not just for watching my videos, liking them, commenting. In general, everybody, all of you who voice your displeasure about this team, whether it be on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, it's because of you. Think about that report I told you. The Bears were scared to keep Ryan Pace due to the media and the fan base. They were actually scared to do it. They cut him. They were scared about the feedback they'd get. If you were a silent fan base, if you didn't care, if you said take it or leave it, like the Chargers fan base in L.A., nothing would change. Really, it wouldn't. They'd keep pace, maybe fire Nagy, okay, whatever. Move on, new coach, same old, same old. People are tired of the same old, same old from this team. People are tired of talking about the 85 Bears. I hear it all the time. I wasn't even alive. I was born in 2000. I wasn't even alive to see that team. And I know they were great, I'm sure. But I want to see a playoff team. I want to see a deep run. I want to see a Super Bowl. I remember 2006. I do. But they didn't win. They blew it. Thanks to Peyton Manning and Joseph Adai, of all people, who lasted about five years in the NFL. I want to see greatness. I wasn't alive when Richard Dent, probably, Dan Hampton, all these great people played. Walter Payton. I didn't see it. Would have loved to. Didn't see it. I'm going to see a new generation of Bears football, a new generation of greatness. So far, nothing's told me it's going to come yet. This maybe, with Ted Phillips and George McCaskey still at the helm, I'm skeptical. I want to see something great. I want to see a Patriot type run. Not impossible. Really not impossible. Even when you look at the North next year, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, the Vikings fired their GM and head coach, and the Lions suck. The Bears still have a chance next year to do something. They can, if they play their cards right, if they care, if they want to win. The point is, 
I want to see greatness. Please. And I'm speaking for a lot of people my age, younger, who want to see greatness, who haven't seen what the Bears did in 85. I want to see it. Let's stop living in the past and look towards a brighter future. It starts with today, to their credit, firing Ryan Pace, firing Matt Nagy. There's a lot more work to be done. There are still some red flags. As we all know, the Bears have disappointed people like me and you many times before. So I would hope that they get things right. I would hope that soon, sooner rather than later, we see some playoff football and some meaningful football back in Chicago. More to come here on Sports Talk Chicago. My interview with Mike Hart comes up next, so stay tuned. Chicago. and we are back and ready for today's special guest. He's a host on Fox Sports Radio, the founder of SwollenDome.com, and the host of the I Want Your Flex podcast. Please welcome Mike Harmon to the program. Mike, it's great to have you on. How are you? Nice, quiet Monday, right? I mean, <laughs> nothing happening. I mean, a lot of political unrest, fights about going to and from school. Oh, and the whole Bears thing. Hey, let's uh, let's fire it up, right? How do you plan on celebrating? Well, I mean, I, I got a couple of uh, shows I got to record because I got, you know, the podcast world, the I Watch Your Flex. We continue into the postseason. If we're not doing fantasy a ton, start doing some uh, mock drafts and just general rants, especially being here in Los Angeles, right? I had planned to go back and watch the second half of the Week 18 Bears Vikings finale. Uh, and then the Sunday night game just didn't end. It just kept going and going. And I, I know West Coast, it's still early. I was up at 3.30 to get ready to do my show, previewing the day's game. And I'll give my guy Bucky Brooks credit because in the midst of everything we're talking about, he goes, you know, don't be surprised if Jacksonville comes up with an effort. Like, all right, I don't know where that was coming from. I told him to go buy a lottery ticket. I texted him after the first quarter said, you're in. But it's Carson Wentz. And I, I've had a lot of rants, and you you and I have done those, uh, uh, of how he would fail when it mattered. And, well, he did. Uh, but now we have this, and trying to figure out how to wrap your arms around it and, and bring it all in, because, really, we're at the same nexus of the universe of, all right, what's going to be different about the hiring process this time? Right. What's going to be different in the decision making from McCaskey to this void? Right. And who's included in the decision making out of the family and extended partners versus getting down to the GM and into the coach search. I mean, it, it's it's really for me, as much as everybody may be like, yeah, yeah it's the old, you know, bring out all the noisemakers that you saved from New Year's Eve. We're still at the. Right. It's still the decision makers. So do you expect them to get it right? And the answer is wait and see and wish and want and hope. How concerned are you about that right now? Terribly. Terribly. I mean, obviously, I, I know in Chicago for the last 72 hours, there was a lot of consternation and hand wringing because at least some national reports and maybe some locally there as well. I saw a couple uh, were still intimating that it would be naggy gone. But somehow Ryan Pace not only would stay, but maybe be in a bigger position in the organization, which you and I and, and folks can go back and find the archives of things we've done. I'm always a big believer in, you know, go get your guy, right? I, I still defend the Mitchell Trubisky. We can get into the numbers on Trubisky because I'm going to blow your mind with the theory and all this <laughs> in a minute. But, you know, they went 29 and 21. Right, folks that stand for Matt Nagy wanted to give him credit, but not Mitchell at all. Whereas right now on the carousel, some team's going to be looking to try to find him as a quarterback based on what they saw their guys do when it mattered this year. But the point was, if you're going to make that bet, and at the time it was just him and Deshaun Watson, right? At least from my mind, Mahomes was this other entity that you love the talent, but translating it from the wild west of nobody plays defense sandlot football into the nfl and i guess maybe the success of russell wilson to a degree should have 
maybe opened our minds to Mahomes a little bit. Let's call it what it is. Anybody claiming that they thought the Bears should have taken Mahomes are liars. Or they've gone back, and as we know you can do, either, even from you know some of the rudimentary films of 20 years ago, you can go back and change email dates and whatever else to prove yourself right. But it was him and Watson, and obviously Watson's got his off-the-field stuff. But if you made that bet and it didn't work, and by di- didn't work means you didn't make him your franchise guy, which they did, then everybody's got to pay. Right. And so now that day has come, but what do you do with it going forward? Right. You, you already gone and signed Foles. You bring in Andy Dalton and yet you still draft a quarterback when you had a bunch of other needs on a team that had just been to the playoffs. So how do I trust the people that are lining up the, the cards and putting out our schedule as to how the next iteration of this works? Mike Harmon here on Sports Talk Chicago. Mike, how will you remember Matt Nagy's tenure here in Chicago? I'm going to remember the second half of that game. Actually, (laughs) the whole game. The first half succeeded (laughs) in spite of him, which I think they did at times during his tenure. And then the second half, all of those calls came back on it. Right? All of these situationals. I mean, look, the best meme coming out of this, and I hope nationally it gets adopted, was the furrowed brow of David Montgomery being on the sideline on a fourth and one goal, you know, fourth and one from the one, right? I mean, there's just, and the play calling that fell out of that's a whole other just mind-numbing uh, situation. <laughs> and before the game, when I did my show on Fox Sports Radio, I'm like, I can at least say this. It would appear to me that this team will play hard for Nagy. I was not figuring, I did not believe that the Vikings would. And yet, what happened in the second half? Lack of effort, lack of discipline, some calls that were just mind-boggling, just bad. I mean, everyone wants to get at Staley and the charges. I'll take what he did 100 times out of 100, except for that dopey, let's go for it on fourth and do at my 18. That's dumb. But the rest of it, like, we could talk about. But the the second half of that game was really just the embodiment of everything and one big, long farewell from the players. Is he an offensive guru? The offense, uh, did you see it improve (laughs) during during the last couple of years? Like, here's the thing for me, and and I think this will embody it. And and look, we could pick out games, and I know – Everybody's going to do their deep dives in Chicago, so I don't need to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to take it from the 30,000 feet. Look, just going into the game, what did he say? We're going to have fun. And what does that mean? Anything that was in the playbook, to me, right? I've got my Bible sitting in front of me here. It's on, on my desk. Look how thick this thing is. Okay, playbooks are this big when you actually have a playbook. I know they, they're a lot smaller when they're in digital form on your iPhone. But the point is, last game of the season, you're telling, hey, you know, we've had a great run. It's the final game. We're going to go have some fun. That means you're inventive. Were they inventive at all on in those fourth down plays? No. It was a half-assed drop back, and Dalton was a sitting duck because nobody chipped, nobody locked, and all of a sudden this guy's supposed to outrun four would-be, de- would-be tacklers. It just – that embodied it for me. Like that – we can do a bunch of other situational things through games. I know my friends kept sending me the Cody Parkey double doink because they hate me or they love me. I'm not quite sure what that is, but to me, the, just the feeling of, um, you know, I haven't been told I'm fired yet. All of that into we're going to have fun, which means you're emptying the books. What else you got? You, you don't have, an opponent next week to prepare for. That's going to, Oh, I, I don't want to put that on tape for them because we want to save it you know, as my mom used to say, save it for good. There was nothing left. And yet you still came out with that same half-ass effort. How frustrating was his development of quarterbacks from Mitch Trubisky to now Justin Fields, who really had a horrible season in his rookie year statistically. Well, there, there's this is where I blow your mind, right? goes back to organizationally, right? To many, when he was drafted, he was the savior, right? And you either trust your guy or you don't. I think is what it goes back to Trubisky and all the way through. You're trusting the guy that's under center. It's clear from his early season comments all the way through. They brought in Dalton for a reason. 
and you and I had discussed this as the season started of, and I still contend this, if they just stayed the course, you're redshirted, learn what you can, we'll bring you along, and not been forced by upper management, social media, the fans, bloggers in town, writers in town, talking heads in town to put in Justin Fields. I think there's a playoff team. Because I think there's a couple of guys that I would really question how hurt they were at times about trying to get back on the field. And I think that's been going around. Anybody in Chicago has been kind of asking those same questions of, wait, I thought this was a two-week injury or whatever. And, look, guys are going to do what they're going to do, right? It's business decisions. And I'm not going to question guys outright, but I would would, would certainly, in a conversation – We'd, we'd kind of lead to, all right, what were you pushing based on what you're seeing? Does that change how your approach is? And when we look at the, the development, no, I mean, we talked about Sandlot football before. That's kind of what it was behind an offensive line that we knew coming into the season was going to be a very tall order to make work. Um, and you you got a mobile quarterback, especially at Fields. How early did you see anything? All right, let's get him to the edge. Because all quarterbacks make that throw now, right, from eighth grade on up. Like, it's one thing for a guy, Andy Dalton, Peyton Manning, all the, all the like, go up the age ramp. That wasn't part of the game necessarily. It was stay between the tackles. Maybe you move and slide a little bit, step up a bit, whatever. But it wasn't, all right, designed, roll out. Very few quarterbacks, Michael Vick. Go back to Steve Young. I mean, there's there's outliers, but the general rule now is that's what you're taught as a quarterback as a kid. So it's like, all right, if he's now going to be your guy, why aren't we moving that? Especially when you know your offensive line can't protect him if he stays back there. And his instinct, and it's it's not a pejorative, it's not cutting him down. It's a one read done. One, because that's all he had to do at Ohio State. But two he knows he's got one, 1,000 to 1,000 to get rid of the football. So yeah, I'll, I'll give a big F on, on development. <laughs> but here's what's going to blow your mind, right? We talk about, all right, you, you cut out Ryan Pace, you cut out Matt Nagy. All of this is done. What's the reset? Could Justin Fields moving on be part of the reset? To your point, terrible statistically and go game to game there are a lot of things to just go okay I don't I, this is why he wasn't playing there's a lot there that you like that maybe the right staff can nurture but other than the length of contract that we know the Bears are going to let a guy coach out are you finding the guy that's building to really maximize what he can be and what what got ruined in this year of of process right so to that end, if you find a trade partner, there's going to be a bunch of veteran quarterbacks on the market, a couple that you know are, are interesting that the national narrative is terrible on them, but maybe they're a solution here. If, if the next group doesn't love Justin Fields as much as it seemed ownership and the fans did here, and it's not to say he can't be developed. I'm not throwing that out at all, but if we're going to really look at the organization and figure we're at the studs, you're, you're starting from scratch. So everything needs to be looked at. Do you think it's feasible that the Bears could trade Justin Fields? I don't see why it should be off the table is really what I come down to. Right. Did you see anything? I mean, you, you watched all the games. You talked to a lot of big shots there <laughs> in the greater Chicago land sports world. Did you see anything that made him an untouchable player? Nothing. Other than where he was drafted, the assets given to acquire him, and the trumpeting of a new king in town? The hype, exactly. That was it. Right? So, and, and there were moments, right? We all we all saw moments, right? And until week 18, I defy you to go find me any of those moments for Trevor Lawrence, right? Who was the number one guy and was destined to be this generational star. He actually showed me something in that final game. He was pissed off about the clown show and that people dressed up as clowns, the sponsors suing the team, all the unrest. And finally they went out and they absolutely worked behind the other Josh Allen. 
they absolutely worked a great offensive line in the stifled Jonathan Taylor, credit to the defense, but offensively they came out with a plan and they worked and they kept the team out of the playoffs that everybody loved. There was, there was a game, like there was a whole game that you said there, not parts of games, not, and look, I'm certainly not praising Trevor Lawrence, but the, to the point is none of these quarterbacks had an unblemished season. And so he's not alone. Like he's one of five guys that is going to be looked at. I mean, the, the best quarterback this year as a rookie was Davis Mills, and nobody cared because he was in Houston. Why was he the best? He was efficient. He was a good he in a in a world where a lot of thought stuff was lost, he delivered the ball well. He had Brandon Cooks was really the only discernible top line receiver. He topped a thousand yards for the year. Running game was a hodgepodge of of guys nobody had ever heard of, right? Trader Bill had emptied the cupboard. And Deshaun Watson, for whatever reason, they didn't play him. They did not force the NFL's hand to say, what are we doing with this guy? They decided to just pay him his money and move on. Davis Mills comes in after, you know, all the unrest. And look, again, another year for Terod Taylor that kind of goes sideways. But Davis Mills showed, all right, I can, I can quarterback in this league. And in a, what's supposed to be a lost season, put some stuff on tape that makes you hmm, okay. Even when they were buried, like just kept battling, just like Houston did for the Bears, for Justin Fields, there's a lot to like about the arm strength, about the escape ability. But how often did you see it really coalesce to something that was sustainable? It was a drive here, a drive there. And Again, if, if you're going to really evaluate the team with a bunch of moving parts, older players that'll probably move on, a lot of ex-players making sure they knew everything, uh, they knew you wanted to know anything about the organization that they never dealt with, uh, they were spilling tea. Hi, Olin Kruitz. Uh, and then <laughs> you've got you, you've got to look at the entire organization, and if the price is right, given a maybe lackluster quarterback class here, and you think you bring in a veteran to keep the, the line moving, then then maybe you do so. Are you worried about Fields having to produce under a new coach in his second year? Could that be a problem for his development? No, because I, I think it, it becomes a clean slate, right? I think for better or for worse, the like I, I wouldn't, like I said, I would have sat him at all, like when Andy was healthy. And that was clearly what Matt Nagy wanted to do. And they're, they're diametrically opposed in terms of style and, it's like, here's your playbook. Here's your playbook. All the rest of you guys figure this out. The fact that <laughs> Darnell Mooney drops as many passes as he catches doesn't help anybody. Everybody would look a lot better if we gave him some stick him, some spider tack, whatever else. And he's a dy- he's like, he's your one dynamic playmaker downfield, but he left a lot on the carpet. So make a couple of those catches. Maybe we're talking about final, final games, scores and down distance, whatever being different, but uh, we, we move on with what we've got. I, I think it's, it'll be curious to see what they bring in. Right. I mean, cause it's, it's going to be in tandem, the guy that's picking the groceries and then the guy that's got to go coach him up. And right now, I mean, Alan Robinson probably is not coming back. Right. In the receiving core. What do you have? You have Mooney and you have Komet. They both dropped too many passes by the way. Well, but that's, but that's the common link there. Right talent here and commit they never trusted him remember how many times Nagy apologized for not getting him looks and then what he did this year well there were times that he was waiting out a hit or whatever the case was didn't look it in and move so you got two guys that are p- potential which is the worst word in all in any walk of life whatever you do out there that that's the word you never want oh he still has a lot of potential that means you're not doing your job yet you could get there, but it means that there, there's still something they're looking for out of you, as opposed to we can, we could keep building this, right? There's a different way, semantics, wordplay, whatever, to make it work. But beyond that, I mean, I love David Montgomery. It was a shame Tariq Cohen was not available this year. I think that could have been a big saver for any of the quarterbacks, right? As it were. Um, but You've got to you got to do a big recruiting thing. Like you're basically doing college football to a degree as a GM and coach coming in here because you've got to convince some of these big time talented guys 
I don't know if you're sending them a you know a mixtape uh, of Justin Fields <laughs> grading, saying look at the the heights of what the guy can do. Because I mean, look, Chicago has always been the place receivers go to die, right? That's always been the moniker. Although Baltimore is there too. Because did you realize Mark Andrews set the Baltimore record for receiving yards this year? I didn't even know. Yeah, last last week he said that before this game. So wow. like to just kind of put it in perspective. But it's an identity thing, right? Run the football, take your shots as you need to. In his case, he's just a dominant force and, and fantastic. But for the Bears, now it's a big sell job, right? Salary cap goes up. Obviously, you're looking around the division. Minnesota does what they do. Uh, Kirk Cousins is interesting because of that cap hit. So it seems like they're stuck in theory. Unless they decide, you know what, the salary cap's going up $20 million. That's half of what we owed him. So we cut our losses and then figure it out from there. I don't know. Green Bay, everybody keeps thinking Aaron Rodgers is leaving the division. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> They're not trading him. The only place he's going is if he's going to go back to Hawaii to hang out with Miles Teller or go sit as the third man on McAfee's show. Okay? Packers aren't getting rid of him. Period. And if he wants to, you know, not – be part of things they'll move on they'll move on they, they have to otherwise his best chance to win i mean he owns the division not even to make the jokes about owning the bears he owns the division who's coming up to challenge nobody so why would you leave it's your easiest path towards another home playoff gate and a home uh run so for the bears it's it's really to me and and i hope that the years of futility and the frustration really resonates back. You know, like we, we talk about ownership in other cities of, all right, they realize their mortality and I'm not to get morbid on it, but it's the, don't you want to see your team be the beloved? I mean, look at the, look at the home attendance, the last couple games of the season. And that's not even selling to the opposition. That's you can't get anybody to go because the product is so bad. You got to fix that. And Arlington Heights isn't the only way to do it. Who are your ideal candidates for GM and head coach right now? GM's a mess. I have no idea. I, I mean, because it's a lot of it is they're going to be names in other organizations that you're not even sure. Right. Add, add into the fact guys that might have been candidates like Pittsburgh, right? After the draft, Colbert stepping down. Well, maybe the guy that doesn't get the job out of their two top guys is someone you want to look at. Right. If Omar Khan doesn't get it, I forget the gentleman's other, the other gentleman's name. But you, you've got two guys there that are in-house guys, the way they run their organization, which in theory is the same way the Bears should be. Right. A mom and pop kind of organization. It seems like they're parallel, but run just so differently. Like you want someone like that where it's an organizational builder. I would do everything I could to emulate what they've done in Green Bay, what they've done in Baltimore, what they've done in Pittsburgh and what they've done in New England. That's it. Those are the four franchises. Find someone there that doesn't want it, that wants to move up in the building. And that's it, right? Someone who doesn't like Aaron Rodgers personally, like Hub Arkish or something. It wants to be a bear. I mean, whatever the case may be. Tell you what, nationally, it was fun, you know, because I, I didn't realize how insulated people were. And it really made me kind of sad, actually, given the longevity of Hub's career. How many national people had no idea who he was? Kept mispronouncing his name. Yeah, look, Aaron says he doesn't know him. Like, he's been working in Chicago for 30 years. Aaron Rodgers, if you're going to tell him he's a liar about these other things, he damn well knows who Hub Arkish is. Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> people believe anything anymore. It's it's really sad. But, but that's my point, is go to one of these organizations – because they, they're run well. Historically, they're run well. They may have a bad year. They don't have a bad five years. Right? Pittsburgh, even in their worst year, is still at 500. Baltimore has maybe an outlier year like this year because everybody got hurt, got COVID, and you lost your top three running backs before you snapped the ball. You're not winning. Right? And then Lamar Jackson misses six games, and everybody that wants to go for Tyler Huntley had at it. Uh, he's maybe a little bit better passer but the intangibles are not the same. But the point being, the guys in the building have a plan, stick to a plan, and it builds. They don't get lucky. Seattle got lucky for a couple of years where every pick turned out. Like the, well, like the Cubs. 
culminating with the World Series, right? Everything worked, and then it didn't. Same thing here. So you got to go find those organizations where it's blips as opposed to prolonged stretches. Those are the candidates I would go find. More to come with Mike Carmen in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is Sports Talk Chicago. Carmen still here on Sports Talk Chicago. Mike, a few more questions before we finish up. First off, your nine-year anniversary with Jason Smith on Fox Sports Radio. How'd it go? Started uh, year nine on Friday officially. It's weird, man. It's hard to believe that much time has passed. Like, it seems like it, it's – eventually you'll, you'll have this as you chase kids around uh, if, 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 if you want to go down that road. It's like a day could be excruciatingly long, Right. They're not feeling well. Something broke. They, they had spilled stuff everywhere, whatever. But then you blink and all of a sudden they're, you know, a 13-year-old running around a soccer pitch. And you're like, where the hell did that time go? <laughs> Likewise with Smith. We have days where, look, they, we, we talk about everything, which means especially the last couple of years, both from the, lar- the political landscape bleeds into our window, right? Nighttime in Chicago, nighttime in D.C., New York, here in Los Angeles. Stuff's happening. We still have to talk about it, even if it's not sports, right? When fires are burning and there's, you know, panic and, and unrest, like we, we weave that in and it makes for that's work, right? Talking about sports rarely work, right? Talking about box scores, like even this, I hate to see people lose their jobs. I don't call for jobs very, very frequently, but like when we have to do the real stuff, there's work. But overall, it's like, can you believe we were on air when this happened? I mean, that's 20, like we started in 2014. So like there's all these big milestones, moments and memories, you know, some of the greats, Eric Dickerson and losing his mind on our air. We had to dump him three times. Jeff Fisher was fired <laughs> almost immediately after. Like he went scorched earth and it, and it spread like wildfire. So if they, if they do happen to win a Super Bowl, I want to ring. So, but like that, like Kobe's final game, we were on air watching that unfold going, oh my God, he's 0 for 5 to start. This is going to be disastrous. And then all of a sudden I got guys, my editors are dancing in the hallways as he's hitting shot after shot in the second half, right? You've got those, all the title games, like Monday night, the national title game for college football. We cover those big moments. A lot of laughs, a lot of chaos and silliness mixed therein john i I gotta say it's 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 really strange my kids have grown up during this i think they now get an understanding it you know i don't just leave the house and disappear for a few hours because they were too loud but it's it's very cool i can't wait to see what we come up with next you remember the first show you guys did together we had uh terrell owens was our first guest wow i forget how we we worked that together he was amazing because he, he's always had that great candor. And this was long before Hall of Fame voting and stuff. So that angst and that T.O., people saw that when that happened. This was guys trying to figure out what he was doing next, commenting on the league, having some fun. Like, he stayed on for a long time. So, yeah, it was but – it, but it was interesting, right? Because Jason had always done a solo show, except for his television work with NFL Network and some at ESPN where he was more behind the scenes. But now he comes and he's got a partner. So those first couple of months were a lot of feeling out, certainly that first show. You know, what's going to be a normally an 11 became a, ooh, I've got to be concise because we've got to have a dialogue. And every once in a while, he still slips into it, especially if he knows I'm going to vehemently disagree with him. The <laughs> discussion. And all of a sudden, I'll be looking at the clock. I'm like, that's eight minutes, buddy. I haven't interrupted you yet, but you're boxing me into a corner because we got to get to a commercial break. So those things we still fight about a little bit. But overall, like we don't rely on a lot of bits. We've got a couple that get trotted out for special circumstances. But otherwise, it's, you know, we get after it. And we disagree on a, a lot of things. And I'm, I'm much more of the business dollars and cents and dare I say the word analytics without people throwing stuff at their machines where I'll, I'll understand it maybe at a different level or appreciate it at a different level. And it's not a good or bad thing. It's just who we are. 
And so whenever there's a business story, I'll pitch it to be like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> like, so it's just, all right, throw it out. And then I'll do a quick blog or jump on with you and talk about things. And Mike, before we finish up today, last question, what's the most memorable moment you guys have had on the program? I mentioned the Dickerson thing. That was that was pretty big because normally if a guy has to get dumped a second time, you're you're supposed to just all right. Thanks for thanks for hanging out, <laughs> you know, and, and move, moving on. Um, I would say for me, it's it's more the long term effect of the the people that listen, right? That remember how you approached a topic and see the consistency. Like, look, you can change my mind, right? And, and I'll be happy to do it, but I don't do it week to week. Like, it's got to be a lot. I'm a, I'm a sample size guy, which is why the analytics stuff drives people nuts because they're, they're working over a 30, like, right? 30 to be statistically relevant. See, basic learnings, right? Uh, plus, you know, whatever, hundreds of trials, whatever. So it might not have worked in that instance, right? It's like the argument with, I mean, just take the Bears, for instance, to, to a relevant example, Tariq Cohen right? That run into the line might not work once, but you're banking that on maybe the third or fourth attempt, he's going to find a seam, cut back, and he's gone. So you run that play, and it might be a gain of six inches. He may not have fallen forward, but the, the point is that it's setting up because you've seen a crease. Like, you've seen something that is going to allow him to do that. Same thing with all of these other discussions, going back to Staley or whatever else. But for us, it's the the not only the listeners, but also um, we only have friends of the show, really. Right? We, we don't do a lot of, hey, this guy just wants to come out and talk. All right. Hey, this happened. Go find someone. It's like, no, if it's football, we've got a small, tight-knit group that are they know how we're going to ask a question. Some of it is just complete grab-ass. Jason Cole, one of my favorite people in the world, uh, we will do 20 minutes, and we may get three football questions in. And he always yells at me that I'm too serious. <laughs> Otherwise, we're talking about cowboy bees. I'll do a primer for our jargon another time. But like him, Jason Lock and Four, we may not agree all the time. We may get into it a little bit verbally, but he comes with a perspective. He comes, and now it's institutional knowledge of how we operate versus the ask, answer, ask, answer, gone. Right? It's like you and I the first time, like kind of feeling each other out, right? But by third or fourth time, you do it. You get it. You get the back and forth. And my our, our top guy is Jay Glazer, right? And I know for some, he's a mixed bag. Jay, Jay's always been honest with us about everything from his own. He's doing a lot with mental health now. He, he was talking about that stuff with us six years ago, right? And a lot of our discussions kind of go, there's football in the background, but when there's a player in trouble or something that's odd, this whole ABE stuff and whatever, trying to make sense of it. Nobody wraps their arm around it better than him. Not to mention, if he says something, it happens, right? For instance, on Fox NFL Sunday for week 18, rumbling was, he goes, long shot, but I'm hearing Brian Flores may be out. Nobody in, in the rest of the world would have thought that was even a possibility. What happened Monday morning? All the guys that you expected got gone and Flores got gone. So for Jay, like he's a, he's become a friend. Like he'll even pick up the phone randomly. It's like, dude, what, what is this? It'll be like, and he'll go find an answer for you. Or he'll call you when he's getting to an airline. You know, most guys want their manicured sets, whatever. He's in a car with Howie Long, puts him on speakerphone, and now we're getting Howie Long's input. And he gets it because Jay told him, he's like, yeah, you'll like these guys. And so, like, now it's become a regular thing when they're finishing a Thursday night. And unfortunately, Fox doesn't have the Thursday nights. But that became a thing the last couple of years. Oh, Jay's with Howie tonight cool so like we get to ask how we long questions and get his perspective as a hall of fame player while jay's given us the insight from what he's hearing from coaches so for us it's it's the relationships just like jay's business's relationship like you're learning uh you know very early you, you built a big rolodex and i'm honored to be part of it because well, i'm going to need a job someday but it's the <laughs> the idea being that for me it's the long thing like there's flashpoints like i said kobe game things of that unfortunately we've had a number of people you know pass away legends right after all of the stuff at penn state i was on air sunday we had a whole show booked 
five minutes into the show, hey, Jay, Joe Paterno just passed. Okay. Zag, find me one or two guys from Happy Valley. We've got a Rolodex of a couple of guys I know from Penn State. So you start texting them, and then you roll through from there and try to make the best of it. But those are the shows that you're alive, right? It's like a, a breaking news, like you're at a news desk. And they cut to you while they're supposed to be watching the finals of some singing competition. Your hair gets on fire. You got no time to react. It's like, okay, let's go. Those are the best. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Yes, you are a friend of this show. And I really appreciate you always making time for me. Uh, looking forward yeah, to our future conversations and best wishes with I Want Your Flex and with Jason Smith on Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate you, brother. Keep hustling. And uh, I'll expect a call back once there's a hiring here. <laughs> I talked there with Mike Harmon, and that'll do it for us today here on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to Mike Harmon himself, Matt Dubio, WCKG, Jim Tatoma, Tomorrow Entertainment for making this show a success. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John's Esports and on Facebook at John's Agluo. If you want to watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, SportsTalkChicago.com. Another great show comes to you tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Till then, stay safe. So long, everyone. No! No! You're the turtle!